Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and we are fired up. What a game to start the 2022 playoffs. The Toronto Rock knockoff, the Halifax Thunderbirds, 14-13 in overtime. A great effort in the first half by the Toronto Rock to go up 9-3. An unbelievable comeback by the Halifax Thunderbirds, not once, but twice in the second half, and actually take the lead. But Tom Schreiber is there to tie the game. Nick Rose, unbelievable saves at the end of the game. And then Challen Rogers with the overtime winner on a breakaway. An awesome bounce shot five hole to win the game and send the Rock City faithful home happy and on to the East Conference Finals against the Buffalo Bandits. That series starts this Sunday night in Buffalo, 6 o'clock at Key Bank Center. If you are a Toronto Rock fan, get your tickets now. Get down there, support the Toronto Rock, and uh, go into enemy territory and help your Toronto Rock pull out a victory and bring it home to Hamilton the following weekend, the May long weekend. Saturday, May 21st is game number two back here in Rock City. Tickets are available at torontorock.com. That's game two. That's Saturday night at 7. Saturday night lacks back in the hammer. And then if necessary, game number three, back in Buffalo on May the 28th. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We've still got some celebrating to do. We've got to enjoy this victory, right, Rock City? And what better way to do that than to talk to the man who pushed the Toronto Rock onto the East Conference Finals by scoring that huge, huge overtime goal. Yes, that's right. We're talking about the captain, Challen Rogers. Long range. Not on target. Tip three. Rock out numbers. Rogers scores! The captain sends Toronto on to the next round as they persevere and beat Halifax in overtime. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and I am now joined by not only the captain of the Toronto Rock, but definitely the man of the hour, (laughs) (laughs) Challen Rogers. (laughs) Challen, how are you doing? I am doing great. Oh, I changed it up. I think I usually say, well, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful is your go-to all the time. Well, that's good to see that... You're mixing it up. It is playoff time, so time to uh, raise the level here. But let's jump uh, right into talking about that game uh, at First Ontario Center against Halifax, a one-game winner-take-all situation. And, you know, let's skip right ahead to halftime when it's 9-3. And, you know, things are going really well. I guess maybe the question isn't what happened at halftime, but I guess looking back now, like what happened at halftime? What uh you know, we saw Halifax obviously shoot really well, get some nice open looks and, and shot the ball really well and effectively. But what happened on your side of things? Um, you know, I, I feel like I'd give credit to, to Halifax. I think that, um, you know, in half in our locker room, obviously being up 9-3, we were feeling confident, but we also knew that the game wasn't done. And we also knew that, um, you know, Halifax can kind of go on a run at any moment. And, uh, you know, we we clearly saw that in the second half, but 
Um, yeah, I, I think we're just kind of playing on our heels a little bit. Um, you know, usually we're kind of out pressuring on defense and, um, you know, forcing them in uncomfortable positions. But, uh, you know, we kind of sat back on our heels a little bit and they were able to kind of get hot with shooting, just kind of shooting over, shooting over screens and um, not really letting Rosie see the ball. So, uh, you know, give Halifax some credit there to a lot of teams could just, you know, kind of fold up shop and just call it quits. But, um, you know, they gave us a run there and uh, definitely something to learn from and that we can carry into the next uh, series here. Yeah, I, I would th- like, I don't know. I mean, I'm watching the game obviously from upstairs and, you know, essentially as a fan, like everybody else. And you sit there with nine goals up on the board on the offensive side, three goals against. You're like, maybe you're sitting there. And I know I'm walk, I'm pacing in the press box upstairs at halftime, really, because I'm like, man, things are going pretty good here. And if we get, you know, maybe four or five goals, like you get to 13, 14, like this is pretty safe. Like even if they go crazy and get 10 goals, you're, you're pretty good here, right? Like, yeah. you know, and – is that ever part of it yourself where you're like, you know, we don't really need to do too much more necessarily on the offensive side. Like if we, you know, manage the ball well, stay disciplined, like really basic stuff, I guess. But it's tough to take into account when, you know, another team is refusing (laughs) to go away because even you look at the end of the third quarter, it felt like you guys stemmed the tide there. You go back up 12, eight and it's like, okay, Things are pretty good, right? You know, like what's, again, what's the feeling after three quarters when you guys are, you know, you're up by six and a half, now up by four, and, you know, it looks like you guys have kind of weathered their big push, but they had another one. Yeah. <laughs> Lacrosse gave them runs. Um, I guess I guess you could say it kind of slowed one of them down, but in doing that, I guess they started another one right after. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I think it just – our offense was great. Um, and, you know, they did their part in uh, that first half. I think yeah, that was one of our best full-team efforts. And, um, you know, the second half, like you said, I think that, you know, the offense didn't need to do a whole lot. You need to obviously keep attacking, keep keep them on their to- or heels, I guess you could say. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would put kind of all that onus on, uh, on our defense and, and how we played. And, um, you know, obviously the tale of two halves, that first half, we were unbelievable and usually – that second second half is where we shine, but um, you know it didn't didn't work out like that. And it's just like I said, it's just something to, to learn from. You know, we're still chasing a full sixty uh, minutes of just playing, you know, our style of lacrosse, and I don't think we've had that yet. And um, you know, we've been close, but there's no better time to do it than you know this Sunday. Now Halifax goes ahead in this game. Overall, they didn't lead for very long maybe two minutes or so something like that obviously tom shriver's tying goal very important in the final storyline here but Mm. how you know what did that do for you guys that you were able to answer back you know right away and get the crowd super engaged again right away to tie that game and and really not let them hold the lead for any you know extended amount of time there in the fourth quarter yeah i mean uh speaking with some people who are in the crowd you know they're just freaking out you know you have that 9-3 lead and you're kind of leading all game and then you know you just watch it dwindle away and and obviously we were down one and like you said Tommy with just an unbelievable like just a massive goal for us and and where we were um in that period of time and 
just kind of gave us a big boost of confidence and, you know, just kind of reminded us, I think, that we've been in this position so many times before this year. And, um, you know, spots that we've kind of come out with wins and, and um, you know, that, that was a huge momentum boost for us and, and obviously the crowd to get them back engaged. And, um, you know, it was a big goal. <laughs> Now with 28.8 seconds left, Halifax calls timeout. They're playing for the last shot to potentially win the game in regulation. What's talked about on the bench going into that final possession and, and how are you feeling, you know, as this play starts to unfold on the floor? Yeah. Um, you know, Bruce, kind of drew up something that he thought that they would do, that they would do to kind of just prepare us for, for what to expect. And, um, yeah, I mean, 28 seconds left. You kind of hold that ball down. I think Jammer had it at like 12, 14 seconds. And um, just kind of walking out there, you don't think about the outcome. You know, you just kind of got to think about what your responsibility is and stay in the moment and, and not worry about the negatives um, that could potentially happen. And, uh, you know, just the five of us walking out there, confident group. You know, we've been in that position before and we've had to make stops. and. You know, to be honest, a lot of the time our six on five defense hasn't been stellar this year. Um, but you know, there's no bigger moment to kind of you know wash that all away than, than that moment and, and to try to get us to overtime and Rosie, oh, what a beast! <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, you know a wild finish to regulation. You also had the the couple of stops he made a few minutes earlier, and then couple of transition chances there with uh, Tarafenko, I believe it was. Um, unbelievable, you know, when, you know, we've talked about how, you know, Rosie had a tough time finding some saves there for a little while, but then when you needed it most, he was there. And that's, you know, um, I think always the story of a winning goaltender in lacrosse. It's, uh, you know, they talk about Grant Fuhrer back in the 80s with the Oilers where, you know, he wasn't, didn't always maybe have the best goals against average, although Rosie did this year. But uh, <laughs> but he made the timely stops, right? And I think that can also be said for Bob Watson when you talk about him, that he was always the guy that, that dug out the, the big stop at the right time. Um, and we saw that from Rosie. But, you know, I want to jump into overtime here and just talk about the, the play, the big one that uh, obviously pushes his team into the next round. But um, take us through that and, and – just what you're thinking when you see all that open green turf ahead of you after you <laughs> tip that ball ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, when I kind of first picked the ball up and looked, and like you said, a lot of green in front of me, you know, my first initial thought was, you have to score this. <laughs> uh, but I think everybody was thinking yeah, that, Chell, yeah. <laughs> as, but like, as quick as it kind of entered my mind, it was quickly just, it was gone. Yeah. Um, but that was my first initial thought, you know, picking up the ball. I was like, you have to score. And then looking at Boldy, um, I know he does kind of a lot of – he studies kind of guys and, and um, you know, knows kind of their tendencies. And um, as I was running down, I saw a, a lot of net on the short side. I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe he's just baiting me to shoot there. He kind of knows I'm going there. And, and kind of doing that, it was kind of mine – mind games because I thought he was going to do something. He was probably thinking <laughs> I was doing something. And then, um, yeah, I just running down. I I'd made kind of the decision pretty quickly that I was going to go five hole and just kind of sell that I was going to shoot to the left side of the net. And, um, you know, I just tried to look there, to be honest. Just everything was setting up that shot that I was going to go to the left and um, just opened his legs enough to, to kind of fit it in there. 
And remember, everybody listening to this, that this happened in a matter of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jalen has described his, you know, inner monologue, I guess, about uh, this that uh, lasted much longer than the actual play took on the floor. But uh, and that there was, you know, thousands of people that were incredibly excited as you, you picked up that ball and ran down the floor. But the other thing I know everybody's been asking you about that you didn't go to your usual breakaway move. Mm hmm just because you're kind of coming down the other side of the floor a little bit more and that kind of was that crossed off the list quickly? Yeah, yeah, I kind of like obviously looking forward, obviously saw some space, but I kind of looked to my left as well and saw, um, you know, Fennell trying to get back and, and Jupes kind of took him out of the play the whole, whole way down, maybe the fastest guy on our team, um, just kind of setting a full floor pick in a way. And uh, so I knew I couldn't really get over to that side, um, you know, like I really would like to. Um, but yeah, kind of just being in that position, I kind of just thought that Boldy would think that I was going to go short side there automatically. And, and yeah, little twisty five. Yeah, and, and I thought there was a chance you were actually going to jump over the glass when you celebrated too. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as I saw the mesh, mesh move, uh, it's, uh, that was an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, it was going to be like when uh, was it Bo Jackson ran right into the stadium that time and she scored the winning touchdown. They were just going to jump over the glass, go through the Zamboni bomb, and be out of there. Run to Buffalo for game one. Um, yeah, an incredible scene. And, you know, your mother was uh, there to see it in person, Mother's Day weekend, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what was her reaction when you saw her after the game? <laughs> uh, yeah, so my mom and grandma came and um, – you know, they're sitting with my girlfriend, and, and uh, once I kind of saw them after the game, my girlfriend just was like, oh, <laughs> both your mom and grandma were just bawling. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, usually when uh, um, my mom makes a trip out here and, and is at our games, we don't usually have the best record. Really? Um, yeah. It's almost like a bad luck little thing, but um, – you know, you can't things put, have changed. Yeah, you can't put it on my mom being there as a bad <laughs> luck charm. So, um, yeah, no, it was a special moment, obviously, um, to, to score such a big goal for, for our team and, and have her in attendance and be able to kind of share those memories um, throughout the weekend and, and spend time with her after, after such a big uh, team win. I started thinking about this uh, not long before we started this interview, to be honest with you. So, there may be something I'm leaving out here, but. This may go down as one of the biggest goals in Toronto Rock franchise history. And, you know, I'm trying to put it in perspective here. You've obviously got the Caleb Toth goal that wins the game. I believe it was Colin Doyle with a playoff OT winner in 02, I think it was. Um, this might be, like, automatically here, and especially if this team goes on to, to win it all, this may be one of the biggest goals, you know, top three or four maybe top two goals in franchise history. You know, what, what's that mean when you start to think about that or hear that? I uh, just got to finish your job, really. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you look at the teams that, um, you know, Toronto's had in, in the past and the dynasty that they had and, and so many great players that have played um, for this team and franchise. And, um, yeah, it's certainly special, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'd, I'm going to remember hoisting a trophy and handing it off to, to this group more than anything else. So, um, you know, I, I, that's that's the goal it always has been. And, um, you know, it's we're one step closer. And, and um, 
yeah, it's just uh, it's an exciting time for for myself and, and the rest of us, and um, you know, just kind of looking ahead, and we're excited, super excited. And I don't think you've stopped smiling. Your whole press conference just smiling. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it took me a while to kind of calm down a little bit after such a high. Um, but yeah, it probably took me like an hour or two to kind of settle back down, body, everything, just settle back down. So now that you've had that feeling though, right, and you've scored this big goal and you've seen what it's done for, you know, the Rock fan base, your teammates, all those types of things, like how much more hungry does it make you to, like you say, finish the job, win this whole thing, be the guy, like all these things you start thinking about now that are, you know, within reach, you know, with a few more wins here to uh, kind of start to cement your legacy here in, in franchise history. This is all sitting here in front of you now. Like, it, does it make you want it even more now that you've got this uh, this taste last weekend? I, I I wouldn't say it. It makes me want it more. I think um, you know, it's it's the only thing I want. Um, it's the only trophy that I've ever. I mean, I've wanted. Um, obviously kind of junior, but obviously playing pro lacrosse um, for this team, it's, it's the only thing that I've, I've wanted to do. And, and um, yeah, I wouldn't say it makes me hungrier, but, um, you know, to have that have that moment and have the crowd behind us and, and just taking all the emotions and feelings that um, came with that moment, I just, I can't, if, if we do hoist that trophy at the end of the year, it's, that feeling is just going to be so much better than that one. So, um yeah, it's obviously I'm all I'm always hungry to chase that trophy, and, and this group is hungry to chase that trophy, and um, yeah, one step closer, and and yeah, I, I don't think that we kind of obviously our goal is to win, but um, you know I, I've learned kind of in the past that once you're kind of focused on on the end result, you kind of overlook the things that you have to do to get to that point. So um, you know the biggest game Sunday, and and then after that we can take a look at. at biggest game is after that which would obviously be Saturday but um <laughs> you know good. yeah you know what I mean there's their schedule <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about Sunday in Buffalo <clears throat> some success very recently in the rearview mirror here back on April 30th a comeback win in Buffalo uh you know what it's like to play in front of that crowd um you know that uh winning in that building is pretty sweet um nothing like sticking it to the opposing fans probably you know i think that probably goes without saying for for every team uh when they go into somebody else's building but just talk about uh going into bandit land here for game one and uh you know what uh what's on the agenda here in terms of what you guys have to do to to overcome that crowd and you know hopefully have a good start in that building Mm -hmm. um silence them um I, i feel like that's the biggest thing when their crowd gets behind them, they they you can tell they they gain more confidence and gain more gain more momentum. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think there's besides obviously playing in front of our own fans, there's not really a better building to get a win in, um, especially when every single person in the building absolutely hates you and <laughs> hates where you come from and and all that. But um, yeah, they're they're very energetic crowd, loud crowd, and um, yeah, it, the. The more that we take them out of the game, um, you know, I think that does affect them a little bit uh, because they do ride such an energy high from their crowd. And, um, yeah, just kind of play our game, obviously, and, and just, um, 
you know, try to kill their runs and, and build their own. And I think the really cool thing about this series now is, you know, with a lot of the fan base for sure, you know, it was located throughout Ontario always, but now even more so with more people in that Hamilton area, the shorter drive between Hamilton and Buffalo, there's going to be a lot of fans from both teams in the other team's building, which is something you don't really get to experience in the NLL at all pretty well ever. It's not like there's a huge uh, Philadelphia Wings fan base in Calgary. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. you have those fan bases going at it, um, you know, when the Wings come to town or something like that. But um, this is a situation where you're going to have people driving up back and forth on the QEW here and, and taking in the games in the other arena. So I think that's going to be something probably pretty cool that you guys are going to have probably pretty strong or even stronger than usual contingent of rock fans in Buffalo this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the drive being so short and obviously both fan bases being so close to one another that, that that'll be great to see, see rock fans down there. And, um, you know, I know if Buffalo fans decide to make the drive that our Toronto fans will, uh, let them know they shouldn't be there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Buffalo has traveled well, I think throughout the year and, and, um, you know, you just kind of look at the Eastern conference and, and this story, rivalry um you know they don't like us we don't like them and and uh you know it might be the biggest rivalry in in the nll right now and and has been for for some time so um yeah the the atmosphere is going to be great down on sunday and saturday and um yeah, I think I've said this 19 times, but we're excited for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we can go back to 2011, the last time this team won a championship. And that, uh, you know, that division final, it was a one-game situation then. But The Rock, uh, you know, squeezed out a win down there on the way to the championship. So it's just kind of, you know, I love my little storylines that <laughs> develop out of this. But uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so let's, uh, let's jump off the floor for a bit because we always got to update fans with <laughs> what you're watching now. Have you finished Ozark? Uh, no. Ah, to be honest, God. I haven't even started it. <laughs> really? Ah, I haven't started the second man. half of the last man. season. Okay. But I'm just I'm saving myself because I know that I'll probably watch an episode and then I'll be done the entire thing. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm All just right. saving saving my time for that. Barry? Barry? No. No. I've oh, seen okay. it. Rosie usually watch. Rosie started watching that uh, when it first came yeah. out, and I. Caught a few episodes of it, and I was like, okay, it's kind of interesting, but yeah. that's as far as I got. I am watching Yellowstone, though. All right. Which is, you know. I still haven't got into it. No. Really? Mm. How many seasons are there? A lot, right? I want to say like four or five, maybe. Yeah, that's a lot. So I just started Yeah, three. that might be a summer job. Yeah, that's yeah, a good <laughs> one. Watched uh, Hold Tight. <clears throat> Never heard of it. It's, uh, it's interesting, kind of like a mystery. Oh. Harlan... Corbin, Coben, I don't know, Cohen. Yeah. He's a writer. He's got okay. a few shows on Netflix that are kind of a bunch of different turns and, and stuff in there. Kind of keep you on your toes, try to figure out who did it. Would you ever go on a reality show? I would. Hundo P. Is there one or two that stick out to you as one that you would want to go on? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I've always been a big brother guy. Yeah. Love that show. Uh, I used to watch with my mom all the time, and then Survivor. I I think I would like to be on that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, Big Brother, the real Big Brother. You could go Big Brother USA. I guess the timing could work out for that. Yeah. Be a nice summer gig. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I love that. Big Brother Canada, big Dude. conflict. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think I'll be doing that one. Yeah, you guys, I keep hearing you guys just aren't into the Canadian. I've never gotten into it. I think I watched, you know, like a few episodes, maybe with Brad back in the day. And just, you just couldn't get on board with it. I don't know why. I always thought, this year I thought, again, their production was, was really actually pretty strong. And some of the competitions and that, they've uh, they've kind of started to outdo themselves, I feel like, week by week. It's been it's been better, for sure. I think it keeps getting better. But, uh, yeah, all right. So Survivor or Big Brother, eh? Hmm. What would be your strategy on Big Brother? Because it seems like right now <clears throat> it's like you really kind of have to float in the beginning. Oh, yeah. You yeah, can't play the whole game in the first two weeks. No, like, and that's the biggest thing. I, even watching Survivor, um, like last night, the, the most recent episode, like this guy votes big part of voting out this one guy. And then this week it kind of shows him being like, a, I need to make a move now or something. It's like, no, you just yeah. kind of made one. Like, relax, take a step back. Who's the, the super jacked guy? Is he still in? I didn't yeah. watch last night. Jonathan. Yeah, like he... I don't know how he's still on there. Uh, I guess because he keeps winning. But, yeah. Um, like, he's just a beast. Like, the, the beginning of Survivor, the first few episodes, like he was single-handedly winning yeah, every like competition he was for the team. Picking up his team or the object on his back, literally, and yeah. just dragging... I, I didn't... I was very confused as to why nobody had taken a swing at him, but it also seems like... Like you say, he keeps winning, so it's like I feel like everybody's kind of hitching their pony to him, yeah. saying, "Well, let's take him all the way to the end and see what happens." Like mm-hmm. it's like he's gonna help you get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and at the end of the day, he's he's a pretty big shield too. They can just yeah. kind of, oh, let's get Jonathan out. He's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there, there's that one. Obviously, watch it. So like the one, it's got to be in the first few weeks where it was like you had to hold a ladder. And someone had to climb it, yeah. and untangle a key or something, and they're in the water getting splashed with waves, and you're looking at these other teams just with horrific strategies, <laughs> and like just it's not working for them. And you just have this one guy holding it up, yeah, and just one person just climbing up there, and then they both couldn't do it, so they had to like fast forward. Oh, that's like, right, yeah, we've yeah. never done this before. Yeah. They couldn't get it, yeah. yeah. So do you think that would be you being, I would think, going there as a strong physical competitor? Yeah. Would you, I don't want to say that this Jonathan guy has kind of shown off his athletic ability, but would you tone it down a little bit? Uh, I, I don't know, because he's been successful with yeah. it, right? Like he's won his way in certain ways that have kept him in the game and kept him in a position of strength. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think my competitive nature would just kind of come out in certain situations that I can control and just try to try to do as much as I could. But, yeah, I, I don't think you want to do too much. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, someone can just kind of look at you and be like, oh, this guy's going to do this or this girl's going to do this, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'd probably have to kind of cool it a little bit. Play. <laughs> I feel like I'd try to be friends with everyone, you know? Yeah. So when does, when does survivor tape? This is, I guess we clearly have to get you on the show now. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know. I think cause, uh, this, this last one, they taped them like back to back, right? Yeah. Yeah. They went back to back for this. So it's kind of interesting, like obviously watching last season and competitions that they do. And then 
the do or die challenge or whatever. Is that the risk your vote, don't risk it, that thing that they've been doing on the beach where they're like turning the I've hated that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I didn't not love it the first time around, and then this time I was just like, oh god, I've seen enough of it. Yeah, where, like risk it, or if you risk it and they risk it, then you yeah. lose. You don't get a. Yeah, I didn't. You have like ten minutes to talk to this person. Yeah, on a walk to try to figure that. out who they are. But yeah. All right, so we got to get you on Survivor. Mm-hmm. I'd be. They've had lots. There's lots of Can- Canadians that have been on, right? Yeah, one yeah. just. Yeah, one. Uh, spoiler alert. I think one. okay all right uh okay well let's uh steer this thing back to uh sunday night in buffalo game number one best of three it is uh going to be an awesome series and we can't wait for it and i think on behalf of all of rock city challenge thank you for scoring that goal (laughs) hey you're welcome (laughs) wish i could do it sooner so we were in that position yeah Hey. Oh, we got it. Yeah, so it's, got it, it's so. all good. Now we have an opportunity for you to do something like that again, which <laughs> is exciting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, John. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, good luck as this series gets going, and we'll all be uh, cheering loud on Sunday night in Buffalo. Sounds wonderful. There we go. <laughs> Full circle. All right. That was Toronto Rock Captain Challen Rogers. We'll take a short break on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap it up in a moment. Back to wrap up this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. Thanks a lot to Challenge Rogers for breaking it all down, and hopefully one day we'll see the guy on Survivor, right? Wouldn't that be awesome, Rock City? Something to look forward to. Something else to look forward to, obviously, is this series getting underway on Sunday night in Buffalo. Six o'clock start at KeyBank Center. Bandit Land will be rocking. Let's make sure we have a strong Toronto Rock presence there. Get down there. Get loud, get vocal, help cheer the boys on. They would really appreciate it, obviously, and it will help set the stage for hopefully a uh, really positive game number two on Saturday, May the 21st at 7 o'clock back at First Ontario Centre. So if you need any information, you can always jump on to torontorock.com or if you're looking for tickets for game number two back at First Ontario Centre, You can call our Toronto Rock Ticket Office at 416-596-3075 or email tickets with an S because you'll need more than one at torontorock.com. That's tickets at torontorock.com. And we can help you out if you want to bring a group. Great group pricing available. And you can also jump into a playoff pack still. And, of course, the $50 seat deposit on a 22-23 season membership offer is still out there. You place a $50 seat deposit on one of those season memberships for next year, you will get a free ticket to game number two of the East Conference Finals on Saturday, May the 21st. Uh, Kind of a no-brainer, and we've actually had a lot of success with this promotion, but we've still got some seats available as a part of this promotion. So jump on it now, $50 seat deposit. That will go directly to your 22-23 season membership And on top of it, you're going to get a free ticket to the East Conference Finals. uh, Game number two coming up in less than two weeks, folks. Saturday, May the 21st. So don't be shy. Jump into that. Of course, the deposits are non-refundable. 
But like I said, they will go towards your 22-23 Toronto Rock season membership in Rock City at First Ontario Centre. And tickets are still available, obviously, for the game, torontorock.com, ticketmaster.ca, or like I said earlier, give us a call at 416-596-3075 or email tickets at torontorock.com. Should be an unbelievable atmosphere throughout this series in both teams' arenas, like we mentioned when we were talking to Chow there. You know, fans are going to be traveling in this series, which is going to be something totally unique to what you would see pretty well in any other markets in the National Lacrosse League, that these two teams, I mean, their arenas are really just over an hour apart. So, you know, this is something totally unique to the National Lacrosse League uh, um, amongst any of the other teams. This is, uh, it's pretty cool, this opportunity. It's the best rivalry in lacrosse. Of course, geography uh, breeds a lot of that, but also just the fact that these two teams are quite often in the mix and, uh, you know, competing for a championship. So should be awesome. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets for the whole series. You're going to want to get to Buffalo. You're going to want to get to Hamilton. You're not going to want to miss this. If you can't make it to the games, don't forget the game will be on TSN on Sunday night at 6 o'clock as well, so you can watch from the comfort of your own home with John Abbott. Pat Gregoire and Ashley Docking bringing you all of the action from Buffalo. Well, that'll about wrap up this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it, that's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. I'm Mike Hancock saying, go Rock, go, and we will chat next week.